and you get out of that honeymoon phase. So I still, I want to go back and I want to ask is one of the greatest struggles you've come across and how you overcome it. In our own marriages? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Oh man. (laughs) I, I think Um, it's, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Wait, let me, okay, look. look. Well, so, okay. I can, let, me, let me give you the male perspective. Okay. This okay. The, the, the greatest challenge that I had in the first four years of our marriage that was directly responsible for my wife asking for a divorce was I didn't stand up to be the man that she deserved. Um, that umbilical cord had not been cut from my mother. Mm. And I was spending so mm-hmm. much time trying to please the two loves of my life. The one that, mm. the one that born me, right? The, the woman that gave me life and then trying to please also the woman that gives me life. And I didn't mm. know how to distinguish between the two and I was too busy trying to please both. And in doing that, all I did was piss everybody around me off. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think that the greatest thing that a man can do is ensure that he understands that just because a woman brought you into this, this world, that you still respect her, you still love her. But then the moment you choose somebody to stand by your side and be your, your partner in life, there's a shift. And that there's a new woman, a new sheriff in town, so to speak. You are listening to Unapologetically Mommyhood, where we talk the real behind the scenes of mommyhood and business through the eyes and experiences of other moms in business. First, we are moms, yes, but we are also women, bosses, and humans. Here we support moms on being confident, authentic, and most of all, unapologetic to who they are, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Our identity isn't tied to just being a mom because we are so much more. Welcome to the mommyhood. This episode is brought to you by Growing in Love Together, a military mother's 90-day guide to a greater connection with her daughter. Get your copy at www.growinginlovetogether.com and remove the U in guilt and G-I-L-T. Grow in love together. Hello, 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 and welcome to Unapologetically Mommyhood, where we talk mommyhood and business unapologetically, embracing who you are as not just a mom, but as a human, because mommyhood is real. It's not all the giggles and cuddles that you see all over the internet. Sometimes that ish hits the fan, and sometimes we mean literally. And we have our breakdown, Ugly Cries too. So again, welcome to the mommyhood. Okay, so we've been talking self-love and all aspects of life. So today I brought in a group of life and marriage experts to talk about marriage, family, business, the kids, and of course, some self-love and a lot about communication. So first, let's go ahead and welcome our guests. First up, we have a marriage coach who specializes in marital communication and restoration. She helps couples who feel they're on the brink of separation or divorce to restore their intimacy and friendship in their marriage. She is also the author of What Your Mama Didn't Tell You About Marriage. Let's welcome Imani. Welcome. 
Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad to be here and dig into some juicy conversation. <laughs> me too. I'm so ready. <laughs> so let's get some, get everybody else in here. Next, we have co-founder of Married Into Crazy, who focuses on marriage and relationships. And she wants everyone to know that she is crazy, standing for compassionate, real, accountable, zealous, and yielding. Let's welcome Rana Kaysen. Hello, welcome. God, thank you for having me. Welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. Now, ladies and mommies, <laughs> today we have a new experience inside of the mommyhood. We will be getting a perspective from one of our counterparts. It's the other co-host and co-founder of Married Into Crazy Coaching and Podcast who specializes in marriage and communication. He also co-moderates Thank God the Thank God I'm Married community along with his wife. Let's go ahead and welcome Mr. Ernie Kaysen. Hello. <laughs> welcome to the mommyhood. <laughs> All right. So now that everybody's on the stage, let's go ahead and get to it. All right. So. The first question that I'm going to ask is a really simple question. Sometimes I like to jump into the fire, but I'm like, I'm going to reel it back just a little bit and ask a real simple question. And we can go around to each person, starting with Imani, then to Rana, then to Ernie. And the first question that I really want to ask is why marriage and family? Why did you decide to go into that space and why is it important to you? Oh, I'm first. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I I feel like that's I feel like that's the crux of of our human existence for me personally. We crave connection. We crave um, we're we're born into relationships, and that's always been something that interests me. Even though my parents didn't have the best relationship, they ended up divorced. Seeing that, seeing the crosshairs of that, but building relationships on my own and what that looked like. I was a conflict mediator <laughs> in middle school and I was a poet and I wrote about relationships. And for me, you know, there's a reason solitary confinement is punishment. We crave that connection. So when I came into the mode of coaching, I knew that it was going to be relationship-based. And I've been through many iterations of what that looks like, but it's always been a relationship based and, and couples and family because the couple's the foundation of the family. So in helping the family, in helping the couple to really connect, you're helping to build a relationship legacy for the whole family. You know what I mean? And that's powerful. I didn't necessarily have that growing up. I like it. And I like how you said that the couple starts it. And if the couple is good, then the family is good, building a strong foundation. I love that. Rana? <laughs> well, for me, um, I didn't, I grew up in a single household. So my mom was a single mother and I had always had a vision of what I wanted my, my relationship with my husband to look like. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have that. I will say that example. I mean, we, I have, people in my family that have been married for many, many years, you know, we have longevity when we talk about marriage. Um, but I did not necessarily see what I thought was a happy relationship. I'll, I'll say that. Um, I know what I wanted 
I wanted my relationship to look like. And I'm a big romantic. Um, I feel like people will always say, oh, you know, you, it's, it's almost like you're, you're always told you can't have that. You can't be happy mm. like that, like what you see. That's, that's fake. That's make-believe. And I was like, mm, I don't think that that is make-believe. I feel like if I can make it work, I'm going to make it work. And I, I just knew that I had to put the work in to do that. Mm-hmm. But for, um, I, I, I just wanted that. That was something that I wanted. And so I was like, well, you know, if it's going to happen, I'm going to have to make it happen. So I wanted to set that foundation for my kids. Um, what I wanted, I wanted them to have what I didn't have necessarily growing up because I wanted to change. I want to say generational curses, but sometimes in, in families, unhappiness is a generational curse. So I wanted, I wanted to, I wanted them to see that, no, you can be married and you can be happy and you can have a great relationship. So that's where my perspective is. I love that. And it's so important that when people, you know, think generational curses are taboo, that's just something people say now, you know what I mean? But it's so important with behavior that your behavior is mirrored by your children and then they grow up and possibly will do the same thing. And it keeps going until somebody breaks that chain. It's so important to have someone to do that. So I love uh, what you just yeah. said. Now, Ernie. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to hearing what everyone else you know, shares in this. But my particular perspective was that um, I also grew up in a single parent house. I was raised by my mother and then my father was very present. But the challenge was my mother had three husbands. My father had four wives. Um, I grew up knowing that that's not what I wanted. I wanted to be committed to one individual and have that uh, make a choice, basically, because I truly believe that when people say, you know, oh, you know, that's not real. That's not real. Like my wife, to my wife's point, she talks about how she loves fairy tales. She loves that love And the challenge is that People think it's a fairy tale. They think it's a farce. They think it's a fable. But ultimately, it's a choice. And we had to make that choice. And we think that, you asked, why did we choose this? I truly believe that it chose us because we had challenges at the very beginning. We did almost get divorced in year four. And it was a process by which we had to make a decision that we weren't going to repeat the things we saw modeled for us in our youth. And it was that decision that turned everything around and a whole lot of growth and a whole lot of God. Yeah. Um, That's an interesting perspective too, because you're coming from um, a single parent home, but also from seeing both parents go through multiple husbands and wives. You know what I mean? So that was a different outlook on what could have been your possibility, right? But you chose not to go that direction. So that's really cool and a great perspective to have right here on the show today. Um, okay. So one of the things that I just heard you say, Ernie, and I was going to bring it up later, you know, cause I kind of cyber stalk people when they come on, <laughs> when they come on the show, <laughs> but, um, I will bring it up now. Cause you kind of just said it. I was going to bring it up later when you said that, um, that, you know, people, Rana talked about fairy tales and you hear that all the time. Like, that's a fairy tale. That don't really happen in real life. And then I saw that you said that happily ever after is not a fairy tale. It's a choice, right? And you kind of just touched on that just now. 
So can you talk a little bit about that? And then, uh, Ron, if you want to ch uh, chime in, you can, but um, about what you mean about it being a choice rather than um, not being possible. So there's a book that I love called uh, The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. The very first chapter is called Take 100% Responsibility. And I believe so often in our relationships, we have a tendency to put things off on the other partner. She didn't do this. He didn't do that. You know, well, my, you know, that's not what I saw my parents. So it's always in standing in our, in our moment, but looking out and, and casting the challenges, all the responsibility somewhere else, not us. And a lot of times responsibility is about making a choice, taking 100% responsibility. Mm. So there came a point, it was a crucial point in, in year four for us where Snooks, you know, Snooks asked me for a, I call it my life. Um, she asked for a divorce. And I could have easily been the person that I was pretty much built to be. And, you know, if, I, if that's what you want, then fine. You know, I don't need you, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to, I'm going to move on. Mm. And I fought for it, but she was pretty adamant about what her, her desires and God interceded things took place. But I also had to take a look at me and see what was it about me that was contributing to her not wanting to be in this relationship anymore. That was a decision. And I, and I feel that there's a lot of things that happen. A lot of the couples that we coach, there's, there's a lack of decisions. A lot of times we kind of do things by default. That's the way it was modeled for me. That's the way it's always been. This is what I was taught. This is what I saw. But that's kind of bandwagoning you know, to, to unhappiness. And a lot of times decision, happiness is, is, is our own responsibility. And many times I believe that we just have to make a decision and say, you know, this is what I want. I'm willing to fight for it. Mm. And a, a happy marriage, strong relationship or those things, I truly believe it just comes down to a decision. It doesn't mean it's an easy decision. The best decisions we could possibly make are never truly the easy ones. Mm -hmm. Something that we have to struggle and fight through. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I wholeheartedly feel that like some of those decisions you make, usually the harder ones are the ones that are worth actually fighting for, you know, and sometimes we, we take the easy route sometimes until we get to that point where we're like making a decision of what we really want. Um, Rana, when, when um, Ernie is uh, saying about, you know, making that decision, what do you think was the turning point with the decision? Um, just being willing to put the work in, you know, mm. like you, you kind of said it already. Well, I feel like, you know, it, it's easy to say, uh, okay, fine. You want a divorce, then just you go, I go, we go our separate ways. And I say it's easy because it's easier. It's not mm. easy because coming to that decision is not an easy thing for a lot of people, but it's easier um, to, to say, okay, we'll just divorce when I don't want to put the work in, when I have to do the work. It's almost like, um, I, I look at like exercise and dieting, you know, I could say I have a picture and I want to look like, um, I don't know, let's say Beyonce, whatever. I want to have that kind of body, you know? Um, so how am I going to get that? I'm, I'm going to have to work for it. You know, we have to have that same type of mindset when it comes to the kind of relationship that we want. But 
It's easy for me to say, yeah, I want that. I want to look like Beyonce body-wise. That's easy for me to say, but it's easier for me to go sit on the couch and look at her on TV, you know, and yeah. I and I'll sit there and talk about what it is that I want, but I'm still eating all the stuff that I should not be eating, everything that is um counterproductive to what I say that I want. Mm. So when we decide that, we make the decision that we are truly dedicated in putting the work in, that's when it, it's because it's, that's hard. It's hard to be uncomfortable. You know, it's in my nature to be like, whatever, boy, bye. You know, <laughs> it's in our nature to do yeah. that, to you know, clap back, whatever it is that we do. That's easy. That comes so easy, you know, but it's, it's, it's hard to bite your tongue sometimes and let him have the the last word to yield and show compassion those kind of things those are the hard things to do so that's you know we had to make the decision that you know what we really do want this uh, so so many times i feel like we settle in what it is that you know our relationships well it's just how it is it's just how my mom was it's how my dad was blah 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 we settle for what we saw before instead of saying, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something different from what I saw. You know, that's, that's the hard, that's the hard part for me. Wow. What you just said brought up another thought with me. So I was going in a different direction with a question, but when you just said that when people get comfortable, right. And it's easy, but then what about being together so long that, it just becomes the norm and complicit and you're just moving through life, you know, and you're not really doing anything because it's become your, your norm. Like your every day, anybody can start on this part of the question. <laughs> like for real, like, I feel like sometimes that's what it is. Like you, you've been together for so long and that there's no push or pull because, Hey, you're just like, I'm just living. Yeah. I think that's ridiculously relatable, you know, um, you know, my, my husband and my relationship there, it's, it's one of those things where you have to be continuously intentional, like, and it just is. And I think that's what people call it work. For me, I stopped calling it work because <laughs> people are like, Ooh, work, you know, and it's still work and effort, but just kind of making it tangible for me was, Look, you know, marriage is an opportunity for me to be at a heightened state of awareness of who I am, myself, and also of my spouse and my husband. Mm -hmm. And then we have an understanding of our marriage. Because just like Rana and Ernie said, it can, it can get easy to get comfortable and to be in a routine space. It can be easy for, to let your spouse make a decision for you if you're not ready to speak your truth. So if somebody said, you're like, hey, let's get a divorce. You're like, okay, but that's not what you want, <laughs> you know, and you're not ready to speak your truth. That's what makes it easy too. Well, you've made the decision, you know, I guess I have to go along with that all the way till you sign some papers and you didn't really want to sign them. And right. we can just go through the motions in our marriage like that as well, unless we make intentional actions. And the reality is we're going to fall off the wagon of, of, of being uh, intentional, just don't blow the wagon up, you know, get back on, <laughs> you know, yeah. say repair that, get back on it and get back into the state of consistency for my husband and I, we will have moments where we're like, 
really gun ho about like the time that we're spending and all of that. And then we get caught up. We both have our own businesses. We have a child. I'm currently pregnant. <laughs> you know, we have a property in North Carolina that we got through inheritance that we have to deal with. And it's like, go, 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 go. go. And at some point when you have the realization that you're going, because you're aware, then you say, all right, pause, 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 pause. I miss you. You know, let's sit down and read this chapter of a book together. Or, you know what I'm saying? Let's just sit down and stretch together or something and make that a priority, you know? So I feel like that's what we have to do in the cycle of life, because it's real, when you're married and you're going through this life with a whole other individual person, you're both growing individually and you don't want to leave your marriage behind. Yeah, I love that. And when you talk about intentionality, like that is one of those things where it is kind of work because I found in myself, I definitely have to be intentional because of the mindset I have of getting things done and working through um, I won't say routines, but routines and just different things. Like with me, like I'm on a straight path of what I'm doing all the time. I have to be very intentional. <laughs> I have to consistently be aware and think about it. So um, one of the questions that I want to ask is how do you, what would you say to a couple that's just kind of moving through life? Like, you know, like this, like, okay, it's just happening a way for them to start getting intentional and move out of just living and existing in their marriage or their relationship to actually being in the relationship actively. Um, I'll, I'll kind of go first right here. So what we kind of, what I think about is, you know, it's, it's like taking a, doing an audit of your relationship, you know, where are you right now? If you if you're just like, well, mm, you know, what 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 do you want? So that's the first question. Are you where you want to be? And if not, where do you want to be? Okay, I want to be here. So okay, well, let's get some action steps because we we have to do something. Obviously, it's not going to just come because if it would just come, we wouldn't as marriage coaches we need it just, you know, be real. Everybody would just be there. No one would be at need improvement. You wouldn't just be good. You wouldn't just be great. Everyone would be phenomenal. So mm -hmm. be intentional. And I like how Imani said that about when people say, oh, you got to put work in it. And it's like, oh my God, you know, it's just a big old thing now. So, um, just deciding or, or or taking an audit and, and being real self-reflective. What is it that I want? What am I doing to get there? Just like the losing weight thing. I want to look like this. What am I doing to get there? Or starting a business. I want to have this. What am I doing to get there? First thing is we always have to self-assess. Mm. And then make some decisions. Be very transparent. Be very real. Because until we're transparent and we're real, and we, we're really looking at ourselves like, Ugh, oh, okay, well, I'm contributing to this. And, and and keep the focus on what we're doing. I can't be talking about what Lovey's not doing because now he's about to be defensive and be like, well, what you doing? You know what I'm saying? So keep, keep the focus on you 
on what you're doing, what you're contributing, or what you're not doing, what it is that you really want, and let's put some action steps behind uh, finding a way to get there. Because if you both really want it, I'm of the mindset that you can really get it. Yeah. I I was I was moving right into that question next because when you just brought up self-assessing and also self-reflecting, I was going to talk about deflecting, right? Always putting it on the other person of why something's not working, why something's going wrong. Oh, such and such did this and then it changed your mood <laughs> or such and such did that, but what did you contribute to it, right? So, um a way for people to really start focusing on themselves because I feel like a lot of it's, it's easier, right? So we're going to, everything's going to boil down to it's easier to point out what the other person is doing instead of self-reflecting and said, okay, this is the part I played. So how can I change that? So how can people start yeah. digging into like the self-assessing and self-reflecting versus deflecting onto the other person? Hey, so I'm interrupting this video to tell you about this really amazing community where moms are supporting moms in a really genuine way to be a support system in not only your, only your life, but in both your home and in your business. What's better than being with a group of like-minded women who really care about you and your success? We're talking personal development, business development, co-working, networking, and just support where we meet you where you are. We get and we got you. Check out the Thrive After Nine tribe at www.thriveafternine.com. Now, back to the episode. Uh, <laughs> you have no choice. Um, you really don't. <laughs> I mean, just being, you know, that's that's the Bronx in me. But you, you... You know, Ernie said in the very beginning, and I love all of us being here because we're even we're different people on a path for the same wanting the same things for couples out here in these streets. And you know, you're you do, I, you know, you like you're saying audit. I say you have to take inventory of your marriage. Same thing. You have to do with that personal responsibility. And Eddie said that. I mean, Ernie, excuse me, said that in the beginning because. There's no other way. You don't need to be in trial mode. You don't need to be exhibit A, bring up things that happened three weeks ago. But remember, you know, five months ago, because you would be frustrated. Think about all the energy you spend in your mind, in your spirit, giving you a headache, trying to change and control your spouse, their actions, what they say, how they're moving, how they respond to you. And let's take some of that energy back so that you don't fall out and get stressed and spend it on yourself and inspire your spouse to do the same thing. Because the blame game that all of us, I know, <laughs> work to get our couples out of, and we personally have worked on this ourselves in our own marriages, is, is so futile. But blame is something that someone puts on you, right? So it's like you, 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 finger pointing, finger pointing. Responsibility is something that comes from you. So it's empowering. It's like, okay, I recognize this about myself. You know, the comedian that goes up with the big ears on stage, he don't want nobody to talk about him in the audience. So the first joke he makes is about how he flew there. So now it's like, hey, you ain't got nothing to say <laughs> in the audience about that. 
And it's kind of the same thing. If you come with your part first, your spouse doesn't need to. Like, remember, oh, 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 you already said it? Oh, you already claimed that? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And then you're good. But it's so challenging because people want to spend their energy at somebody else. And they, if you've spent time creating a dynamic where it's an attack and a, and a defense in your marriage, then your default is to defend yourself, is to look at the other person. But if you want your marriage to grow and thrive, you have no choice <laughs> but to look at yourself and sit with yourself on your stuff because we all have stuff. Yeah, I like how you put that. Did anyone else want to add to it? I just kind of want to say something real quick. When um, Imani was talking about the um, the 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 comedian with with the big ears, how they come out and they they talk about it first. Every time I'm, I always think about the movie Eight Mile. You guys seen me? Eight Mile is old, old yeah. movie anyway. Yeah, no, but uh, at the very very end, my favorite part at the very end is the rap battle. When Eminem was uh, was um, up there, and um, Anthony Mackie was the other guy, so but Eminem went first, and he ran his own self down. He told I get chills thinking about it. He told he talked about yes, I was in trailer trash, blah blah blah, whatever. And you just see the other all the energy that Anthony Mackie was gonna come with it. He was so deflated, he didn't have nothing to say. He's like, I put it out there. This is it, blah blah blah, whatever. That same energy. Like you said, Amani, we should have that when we're talking about things that are going wrong. This is my part. This is what I played. And have, you know, be open and be ready for it if there is criticism, because it may come. But we have to learn how to be vulnerable and we have to learn how to be transparent. And only when we're we're open and honest like that can we um make a change or um have be open to the change, I should say. And I like how Can you I put tack on just one little piece. Oh, you know, no, I was just gonna say, I like how you put that. And I love that part of the rap battle too, because it just stopped because he couldn't, he didn't have nothing to say. There was nothing left. So I love that part too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just wanted to add that one of the things that SNCC is phenomenal at doing when we're talking with couples, um, there's a method called the, the, the Gottman Rappaport um, method where um, it's from the Gottman Institute, and what they do is they have a chance to talk. Just, just really the breakdown is keep the main thing the main thing. If there's a challenge, whatever the situation may be, that's a thing. That was a situation. That was an occurrence. Your spouse is not that thing. Your spouse is not that occurrence, that situation. Mm -hmm. And have a conversation around the thing without attaching that person to it. Your anxiety, the the the, the emotions that you're feeling is about that thing or that situation, not your spouse. We get really adept or are good at making sure that we're talking about the thing. Not like, you know what, I hate it when you do X, Y, Z and when we were here, da, da, da. it's like, you know, when we were at this place and this situation occurred, this is how it made me feel. And I, I want to find a way for us to be able to come out of this feeling differently so that we don't argue. How is it that when we get in this situation again, we can actually have a better outcome? And, and now you're talking about mm -hmm. the thing, not, okay, mm -hmm. when your mom came in and she did da, 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 and you said this, I don't appreciate, everything changes. 
-hmm. But if we can keep the main thing, the main thing, and keep it separated from the person that I love and that I prayed for and that I told God that I wanted, um, mm -hmm. I think that's how we can actually get past. I love that perspective because I've never heard it before. So when you just said it, I'm like, interesting, you know, but you notice it once somebody says it, you start noticing how it's happened in conversations and arguments. Um, now that you're bringing it up, <laughs> but like, I wouldn't have thought of it before because I don't know about it. So I'm glad that you just brought it up and I'm glad that, um, if you didn't hear what he just said, you keep the main thing, the main thing. Right. Um, and I feel mm -hmm. like when you do start making the person the thing, right, that that's where you go wrong and that's where you start taking shots at each other. And then it blows up even more <laughs> because you're now taking yeah. shots at each other and somebody has to come out on top, right? And it can go <laughs> on for a minute until somebody concedes, which depending on who you are, that it might, nobody may never concede and say, okay, I'm done or you win or whatever, yes. you know, so it can go on for quite some time. And as we're talking a little bit about this, so one of the things that um, I didn't start with, you know, but I want to go back to a little bit because I want to see about, you know, relatable things. And one of those things I know is that sometimes there's a struggle you know, in marriages or relationships when you're going from when you're starting to when it starts getting real, you know, and you get out of that honeymoon phase. So I still, I want to go back and I want to ask is one of the greatest struggles you've come across and how you've overcome it. In our own marriages? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it okay. Oh man. <laughs> I I think uh, it's yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Wait, let me okay, look. look. Well, so, okay. I can let me, let me give you the male perspective. Okay. Okay. The, the the greatest challenge that I had in the first four years of our marriage that was directly responsible for my wife asking for a divorce was I didn't stand up to be the man that she deserved. Um, that umbilical cord had not been cut from my mother. Mm. And I was spending so mm -hmm. much time trying to please the two loves of my life. The one that, mm. the one that born me, right? The, the woman that gave me life and then trying to please also the woman that gives me life. And I didn't know how to distinguish between the two. And I was too busy trying to please both. And in doing that, all I did was piss everybody around me off. Mm -hmm. and, and so I think that the greatest thing that a man can do is ensure that he understands that just because a woman brought you into this, this world, that you still respect her, you still love her. But then the moment you choose somebody to stand by your side, and be your, your partner in life, there's a shift and that there's a new woman, a new sheriff in town, so to speak, and that your all of your your dedication, you, you become a couple centric, kind of like that heliocentric universe. You now become a couple centric universe where now you and your spouse are at the center of the universe. 
doesn't mean doesn't mean that your mother isn't one of the planets that's in the universe. It just now becomes the, the, the shift, the gravity is now generated from the two of you. And I didn't get that concept wholeheartedly. And it all it did was create ripples within the universe to the point where my wife was like, I'm out, I'm done. I, I don't want anything to do with you. And when, when we, it took some changing of that in order for us to actually move forward, but it was that, that was the greatest realization. And that realization and, and the opportunities that we took to write that is what set the stage for the next 21 years of our marriage. Yeah, and I like that you brought that up because a lot of times in families, right, you have someone coming into the family and for them to feel accepted and a part of the family, right, um, there tends to be rifts a lot. You hear it a lot with moms and their sons and the wives. You you, mm. you kind of you hear it a lot, and um, I feel like you hear it a lot where the mom also had the son around most most of the time, right? They were really close and close knit, and the son was there mm. a lot. Um, so I like that you brought that perspective because um, that has been a great struggle. You hear a lot, so I'm glad that you brought that up. Now, Imani or Rana, you both are going to be a mom. Who wants to go next? Yeah, no, that's fine. I was just thinking it could be a mom, it could be a sister, especially a sister who's Mm. single. Mm. Uh, Yeah, you know, and yeah. (laughs) So I hear you, Ernie. Um, For me, like I said, I, I was I was a conflict mediator in middle school. I was the child trying to navigate communication between my parents. But when I married my husband, even <laughs> I had to I had to learn to communicate with him, <laughs> with my Leo Guyanese husband and my spicier Pisces energy. And what was that going to look like so that we did not combust in our relationship? And <laughs> for me, I am a I talk my stuff out. I'm a verbal processor. I, oh, you know, we had a situation. We gonna talk it out. We gonna talk it out right now. Or oh, you're, 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 you don't have anything to say. Well, let me follow you. Cause somehow I think that's going to be helpful. You know what I'm saying? And still say what I have to say, just to make sure that you're listening and you hear it. Oh, you can't hear it. Let me say it a little louder for you while you, you know, and he's just checked out and it's just, it was not productive, right? And Mm. so we had to learn, like, we have our default ways of communicating. That's very common, you know, to have two people that communicate and process in very different ways. Learning how to navigate that was one of the biggest shifts for us in our marriage and for me. And learning that space was not a dirty word that I can be communicative, that the and my initial energy, yes, I had to get it out, but it didn't have to go towards him. <laughs> you know, mm. when I came back to him, I could come with clarity, mm. I can come with calmness, I can come ready to receive and not just to be heard mm. because he wasn't listening anyway, because he needed to process and that that's okay. And that actually taking the space was good for me and my loquacious behind too, you know, so. <laughs> for me to understand him and what he needed and where he was coming from and 
not let things escalate to the point where it's gone left and say, this is the point where we take some space and utilize that space in a way that's actually productive for me to get back to a grounded space, not ready to talk because I was always ready to talk, but ready to receive as my priority. <laughs> then that shifted everything. He saw the shift and it was like, oh, okay. He, you know, she gets it. I saw the shift and I was like, oh, okay, this is much more productive. So for us navigating that in the beginning was crucial so that we could have conversations <laughs> like Ernie was saying earlier about you get to the main thing. Now it's almost like a brain you know, brainstorming session. Like, okay, how do we do this better next time? And it can be quicker. You don't have to have a headache and spend four hours of your mm -hmm. precious time you know, going back and forth for nothing. <laughs> um, so that, that was big, you know, for us. That was a huge game changer in the beginning. And it is still a foundational piece of, of how we deal, you know? Yeah, and I like you said that because I feel like that's a lot of energy. Like, even while you were just saying it just now, that was a lot of energy, <laughs> you know? And I feel like we have to, like, move into it and say, okay, am I going to expel all of this energy, unnecessary energy? You know, that's when you become self-aware. It's unnecessary energy. Or am I going to wait and have a, a actual conversation? Because I feel like at that point, you're talking to yourself. You're, you're just yes. talking to talk, you know, you hear yourself, but they don't hear anything you're saying because it's like, okay, I'm not having this conversation. And I feel like for us as women, it's easier to have that conversation and try to force it and to go after it. And the guys are just like, no, I'm not, I'm not having it. <laughs> I'm not having that conversation. Um, I've seen it the opposite too, where the man is ready and the woman's more of the, the quiet processor too. So it's interesting dynamics, you know? Rhonda, do you have anything to add about the greatest struggle? Um, For me, it's, Kind of two things. So first of all, like you said, moving out of the honeymoon um, phase of the relationship. I already said I'm a big romantic. Um, so the fairy tale part, you know, and they live happily ever after. Mm -hmm. I mean, that would make someone think that there were no struggles, there were no issues or whatever. So I had to learn how to give grace um, for when Levy did something wrong. <laughs> um, I was expecting that, you know, my expectation was that everything is just going to fall in the line. There were going to be no issues or anything like that. And so when something came up, bump in the road or whatever, I would be like, wait, what, what, what's happening here? You know, I had to learn that there are going to be trials. There are going to be things that are going to happen. So allow him some grace. He's not going to get it right all the time. But in, and I'm, I'm using him as an example, but also myself, I'm not going to get it right all the time either. So grace is very important. And I think it's something that a lot of times is left out because we don't, it's, I won't say we don't, but a lot of times you don't typically give grace to your partner. Your expectation is that they get it right the first time and that there is nothing else. You know, I already told you, why do I have to keep repeating myself? I told you this already and we go off, you know, we are quick to go off, but in thinking, it's like, think back on it. It's like, well, when you were little, I know that your mom may have said, I'm only going to tell you something one time, 
And then she told you again, you may have gotten in trouble or whatever, but we can't have our relationships be like our childhood growing up. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm not going to, he's not going to remember what I said two weeks ago. Uh, that's just, let's just keep it real. <laughs> he's not, and I'm not going to remember everything mm -hmm. either. So if we allow each other grace and we move in that, <clears throat> the grace that I give is the grace that I receive, then we won't have, not that we're not going to have some arguments or disagreements or whatever, but if I'm operating and walking in grace with my partner, then they may not escalate to where now I'm ready to kick you out or whatever we cuss in and throw in stuff or you know when when it's an extreme mm. Mm. Rana made me think of something can I share something go ahead I was about to say something but I heard you go ahead <laughs> well no I, I I think that's I love that you know what I mean I was like grace grace is the one's got to be your best friend you know same because it allows for growth but when you were talking about your experience and that expectation that we have for things to run smoothly, you know, even when we're grown, we're like, we expected things to run smoothly. And this kind of is like, we talk about mom, motherhood and, and fatherhood and family and kids too. There's an intersection there, right? Because I know in looking at myself and then looking at couples that I work with, whether they grew up in a household where they saw a lot of arguing and conflict, or they grew up in a household where there was never conflict. <laughs> the though both of they both converge in a way to say, I have an uncomfortable relationship with conflict because if I saw it all the time, I don't want to do it and I don't know how to respond to it and I don't want it to happen. If I didn't see it at all, I'm like, whoa, what's happening? This is not supposed to happen. If we have a disagreement, things must be falling to pieces. And so you brought up something where it's like our relationship with conflict is so important. And one thing that I do as, as a mom and encourage my husband and I with our six-year-old is if she sees us have a disagreement that she also knows that we talked it through. If she didn't see it, we tell her, mommy and daddy have big emotions. We talked it through. Cause for me, my parents were arguing and three days later, they're fine. I didn't know what happened in the in-between. What, what, how did you get here? So I think, <laughs> Even though we don't, you don't think to do this, we think we're shielding our children, but they see and they feel so, and they feel the energy of it. So if they see that there's a disagreement, also let them know, hey, we talked it through, we have big emotions, you know, we were able to come to resolution, mommy and daddy need space to calm down and then we come back and that's how we got to being on solid ground again. So. I just love that, you know, Rhonda, you brought up those expectations because it kind of brings that piece into the mix of a kind of our relationship with conflict when we come into the marriage, especially in the beginning. Yeah. And um, as Rhonda was talking, um, I was moving into communication because one of the questions that I wanted to bring up, because I think that communication is very, 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 very important, uh, whether it's the communication that's not being had or the communication that is being had because how it's being had is the point, right? So I wanted to ask if you could offer some shifts that can occur, some shifts that can occur so that the communication is more dynamic for success than for failure. 
I, I'd like to say that kind of building off of what Pani was just talking about when it comes to conflict, um, <clears throat> I don't know if it's a shift. I, I guess it is a shift of a mindset that conflict is inevitable. It, it's, it's everything. It's, it's a part of our biology. Um, there's a push and a pull to everything that we do. You know, you lift up something, there's conflict, right? It, you're, you're, there's friction. There's everything that we do. So we have to stop trying to avoid conflict you know, and, and sidestep and what have you. The goal that each and every one of us has as a coach is to help you have the resources, the tools, the capabilities of navigating that conflict. Uh, Snooks and I like to tell a, a lot of our, our clients that conflict is inevitable, but combat is optional. Mm-hmm. And like too that. often we have a tendency to get into conflict and think that, okay, that was, that's, that's the guy in the middle of the ring saying, let's get ready to rumble. And then it's supposed to be a fight. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not the case. It's just letting you know that you have differing ideas and different doesn't mean wrong. It just means that you have different perspectives about this particular situation or whatever it may be. And now we need to sit down and try and figure out, well, how do we navigate this? So if you remember that it's, it's inevitable, it's gonna come in every aspect of our lives, but we don't have to be combative about it. We don't have to create a fight. Um, Think Smith told me once, you don't, you don't have to participate in every fight you're invited to. And right. I think that's a shift that should definitely take place. That learn the resources and tools, get, it, get them from Imani and her coaching, get them from us, whomever your counselor is or your coach is, to know that there's gonna be some things that are perpetual. Some of these things, just because it happens now, doesn't mean you're not going to see it in five years. But when it does come back or does circle back around, we know how to deal with it better. Like Mommy was talking about, you know, now we don't have to have that four-hour headache. We can reduce it to an hour and get those three hours back, you know, and love on each other. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you said conflict versus combat because when you just said it, it clicked and it made sense. So I'm knowing that whoever's listening, it should be clicking and making sense that conflict is okay, combat is not. (laughs) You don't have to go that hard and that far. So I have some individual questions too for you guys, you know, but um, I do have a round of questions that I do want to ask that um, one thing I want to ask Ernie first, because I know I brought you in, so I wanted to get a mail perspective because I know a lot of times as um, women and as moms, you know, we have a certain type of energy and (laughs) when you as a male can offer to the, the women that are listening, the point of what someone said versus what you actually heard and vice versa. You know, because what happens is we say something and we think that you understood what we said. And then we have a problem that what we got back wasn't what you actually heard. <laughs> so can you offer some insight on that? I don't know if my insight's going to be valid because my wife started cracking up as soon as you asked the question. <laughs> Uh, but the, the one thing uh, I will offer is this. No one's perfect when it comes to communication. Yeah. We're going to screw it up. And it doesn't matter what your gender is or what your relationship type is. It's Communication is hard. Um, but <laughs> there's uh, there's a saying out there. It's first seek, 
to understand before being understood. Right. And if we simply just clarify more often, you know, and, and, and without attitude, just basically saying, okay, so if, correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm hearing you the way that you've intended, you said A, B, and C. Mm -hmm. I just want to, I just really want to understand that before I respond. Is that right? Did, did I get that right? And then, you know, then it's the opportunity to be like, okay, well, no, that's not what I said at all. What I said was, and it's like, okay, okay. All right, so now, okay, so let me get this right. And then you just, you play, it's not a game, but you, you kind of make sure that if you're going to expend the energy <laughs> to have this conversation, let's make sure we're having the, the right conversation. We're both talking about mm. the same thing. Mm. Yeah. I like that. And you did, you just said you didn't know if you have anything to offer. That was good because <laughs> I, feel, I feel like there's most of the time no clarifying, you know, like, um, I might say something and then my husband might go off and he go do it, but then he come back and I'm like, wait, what is this? Like, that's not what I said. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, just clarifying that's, that's good. And, um, maybe for us to ask the clarifying question too, like, did you understand? Or, um, do I need to explain a little more? Like, you know what I mean? Versus, cause I feel like sometimes, um, there is not the clarifying questions from the other side. <laughs> You know, so that that was good. Like now in my mind, too, I'm like, I'm going to use that, but I'm going to ask some clarifying questions <laughs> and let him know it's OK to clarify, <laughs> you know. Um, OK. OK, so one of the things I want to ask to everybody before I switch to some individual questions really quickly is I want to know the difference, because I feel like this is one of those points where um the relationship shifts a lot, um, whether you're married or not. But um, the difference between marriage, relationship, without the kids, and what changed when the kids showed up. The first one. You can start with the first one. <laughs> Second one, third one. You know what I mean? Like, you know. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Well. <laughs> um, I mean. <laughs> I think that marriage without, you know, being married with before, there's there's BC and there's AC. We're not talking about Christ, you know, before children, after children. There's definitely for me, <laughs> a, there was a shift in now you're responsible for this person, not being able to get up and go and really having to leverage letting go of certain things if you're going to be still be solid as a couple really being powerful and being able to pivot and deal with change and transition which is also inevitable just like ernie said conflict is inevitable we know that it's not a dangerous thing they teach it on sesame street change is also inevitable transition is also inevitable you go from you know living with your mama and daddy to <laughs> you know, living in an apartment that you rent and now you have, you bought a house and you've got three cars and you know, you only had the one before. So responsibility shift, somebody wants to go back to school or what have you. And after the kids, well, before the kids, you're like doing your thing, you know what I mean? It's just you, you and another adult trying to move through this life thing together. And then you multiply that by more people, even if they're tiny people, there's a shift and there's a transition. 
And for me, it was about, well, one funny thing is I went from loving to cook to being like, now it feels like a chore. I won't cook no more. But on a serious note, <laughs> <laughs> on a more serious note, it was the intentionality of spending time together, um, doing it even if the excuses of I don't have this care and I don't have this, what does it look like for us to get it in? You know what I mean? What is quality time to us now? And maybe it, quality doesn't necessarily mean it's quantity. Maybe we don't have four hours right now, but we've got 30 minutes. So it meant really pivoting and shifting and working as a team to get transition and being creative and finding ways to do that. Being communicative with our children about this is what mommy and daddy need mommy and daddy time or just me time. My daughter's six. She's been knowing that since she was about three. <laughs> you know, we've been working on that. And so being communicative with, with your children, you know, as well as with your, with your spouse. So that has been really important for us. We have one on the way. So it was a new transition. <laughs> I haven't had a newborn in several years. So, you know, we're already talking and visioning, but we also have to be flexible and kind of move with the moment and being able to have restart a conversation. Oh, that didn't work, you know, and how we're going to tweak it and all of that. So I think being able to pivot, being able to handle transition, resistance to transition and talk through that is really key after you have these life shifts. Rana or Ernie? <laughs> um, so Levy and I, we actually had never experienced um, not having little ones in the house. Uh, when we got married, our oldest, it was two. He had just turned two. So we've always had someone underfoot. I'll say that. Um, but now that our youngest just turned 18 she just graduated she turned 18 in may she nice. graduated in june so now it's like we're flip it's flip-flop for us now i don't have to worry about i'm not like you said imani i'm not cooking you're what's wrong don't ask me what's for dinner i don't know what you're gonna have you know right. so i don't have to worry about that kind of stuff anymore now you know it's like I hate to say this, but it's almost like every man is for himself at home. I'll make sure Lovey and I, we got what you want. Okay, we'll do us. Because in the past, you know, you're you going to find this out too. You cook and your teenagers don't want what you cook. And so I'm just like, okay, I'm not ever cooking for y'all no more. If you eat, you eat. If you don't, you know. <laughs> so, but... um we had to, I remember early on, you know, we always had to make sure, you know, we had um, a babysitter or what have you. We were very fortunate that both of our families lived in town. So it was nothing to just drop our son off um, at the time. We made sure that we did spend quality time together. We did have our date nights or whatever. And, and that's, even funny because even though we had all that, that just goes to show that if you're not intentional in other areas of your relationship, you still may end up where I'm like, no, I still want a divorce at year four, even though we were dating still, you know, we were just still going on date nights or whatever, but other things were not being 
taken care of. But we made sure that uh, we went to the, we were big movie fans. And so we, we did those things. We took trips and, um, you know, spent time together. Once we got to year, well, so Ashanti was born, I think it was year five when she was born. No, it was year four. I'm sorry. I, I have this thing. I have to get all the dates right. Sorry about that. Um, when she was born, when she came on the scene, then I think something in me shifted because it was like um, I was protector of the little baby. And I, nope, we're not doing anything where we can't take her with us. We're not, you know, I was like, no one can watch her. You know, that's even my mom was like, well, you you know, you guys can bring her over. And I'd be like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. Because at that point in time, she was like everything because she was, I had her. She was my first birth. And I was just like, I wasn't expecting or I didn't understand the emotional connection that I was going to have or how I felt so vulnerable. And I was like, wait, what's happening here? You know, I don't even want strangers looking at her because... <laughs> I'm, I was a crazy mom. I, I'll just put that out there. But as time went on, I loosened up the, uh, the the strings of, you know, she can go different places. But we just made sure that I had, to, we had to make sure that we saw each other. And maybe we did that early because of what we went through early year four, you know, almost getting divorced. But at that, after that, it was always, we did a check-in all the time. Hey, you good? Okay, I'm good too. Or, you know, do we need to talk about something or whatever? So I hope I answered your question. I feel like I just went on a big old tangent. But. <laughs> no, you did. And I, I'm like, I can relate because I'm that crazy mom too. Like my husband was like, he came home and he was like, oh, such and such said that part, that picture looked like um, it was a cartoon character. And I was like, what? He was like, look, they didn't mean nothing by it. Like you're going to be that mom that's up there at the school, at the playgrounds, everywhere. I was like, wait a minute now. So I totally relate. I understand what you're saying. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, Ernie, did you have something to say? Cause I don't want to skip. No, it's just, um, I think it is crucial. <clears throat> it's we all know that every child is different and they have different needs. Yeah. Where our son didn't need really much guidance. Well, he needed a lot of guidance, but he didn't need <laughs> much from us in the respect of we had to be around. He was looking for opportunities for us. Yeah. But each one of our children had a different um, need. And Snooks was very attentive and tied into that. Whereas I was like, look, you know what? They, we got family, we can go. I was, I've always been focused on us getting away and trying to make sure that we, we had some space for us because at the end of the day, I'm very big on that whole couple centric universe that everything starts with us. And if they see us loving on each other, they see us handling conflict, they see us managing life, all of that, then they're going to be all right because they're going to get it by osmosis. You know, it, it emanates from there. Um, but it, it does, like, we just got that. We raced home right now to get back from a, a four days over in Vegas just for us to reconnect and spend some time. And our children are grown. And there's times where the job and so many different things, the business pulls us in so many different directions where I think it's crucial, though, that we have to take a moment and pause and say, 
okay. Who are you again? Do I know you? Do I like you? <laughs> let's let's get back to that. Let's let's make sure that we're 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 best friends again. And then once that you know, once we get back in sync, because it's easy. Your your car goes. The timing goes out in your car. You know, everything that that we rely on, the computer, our phones, things get out of sync. So why would we think that our relationship is going to do this? Thing? We have to sit there and do the maintenance that's required for us to actually make sure that we either get back in sync or we stay in sync. We're running very smoothly. So I think it's extremely important. You know, you just got to figure out what works for your relationship or works for your household and be attentive to it. Yeah, I love that. You got to sync your relationship back up, just like you do all those electronics that people can't seem to put down or turn off, right? <laughs> you got to treat your relationship the same way. When it's about to die out, you got to run, find your charger to make sure it stays home. Because <laughs> it'll die. <laughs> so, um, all right. So the next question that I have, and I have a, a different question for each person. And it's dealing uh, with business, right? Because everybody here is in business. And um, one of the questions that I have, um, and I'll start with Imani because I have a specific question for you too. Uh, <laughs> has your um, your husband or like always supported or understood what you do in terms of business or each other? Um, have you all always been supportive of each other and how has your relationship like evolved or did it take any hits because of the business? Because I know business is always like you spend a lot of hours in your business. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. it's like always mm -hmm. happening versus when you go work from someone, it's like from nine to five, 10 to whenever you work, but in your business, it's always right. happening. Right. And you're all the things until you grow and you have a team, you're wearing all the hats um for he and i that is a core value that we have we we actually have always had that does not mean that our that our hustle and our grind has not gotten the way of our intentional time <laughs> you know which is where the pivot the pivots come in and that we haven't had you know, schedule conflicts or ships that pass in the night moments, even when he was working a job that was further away and he was staying later because he was making that money. And you know, I'm like, when he get home for dinner, I got so many things to say to him and he's tired. And, you know, um, because I worked a job where my hours were not that same because I was in academia. Once I was done teaching my classes, I'd be home and maybe I'm home at like four o'clock and he doesn't get home until 8.30. And so we definitely had to navigate that. But, and I, and I see what you're saying, it's true. Entrepreneurial stuff can bring up a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? Um, and I definitely see it with couples that I know that, that have that, even some competitive stuff happening, some underlying stuff. For me personally, my husband has always been supportive of, of my endeavors and vice versa, whether that was financial investments into my business, which I know can be a challenge. Um, and I'll be transparent. There was a time where I was like, look, I'm ready to level up in this business. I'm passionate I'm giving mm. and I'm not, 
it's not sustainable financially for me. And I, I needed to be. And I was like, I want to, I found my coach. I'm going to hire a coach because as coaches, a lot of times we invest in our own personal development in whatever ways, in many ways. And it wasn't a time financially where that felt feasible. And I was like, look, I want to, I want to sell my car <laughs> so I can pay for coaching. And he said to me, well, you know what, babe, we'll put both cars up for sale. I'll put mine up for sale too. Whichever one sells first, we'll use that, that money to invest in your coaching. So that's how much, you know, and I would do the same for him. So yeah, right. Big ups to my boo. Um, <laughs> he's definitely, you know, there have been times we've made a decision and I wasn't, I'm like the, in my head. And he looked at me so intensely and said, just trust me. And I said, okay, you know what I mean? We go, go with it. So in that sense, we, we have, and that's very possible. If someone's listening and they are struggling with that, um, it's possible, but I feel like there's some pieces and some layers that you need. If you're one of your, if your spouse is resistant, you have to be transparent about what's going on in your business. Mm. You have to realize that maybe it's not you and not your passion that they don't believe in, but just, you know, you spending a lot of money. I don't see any money coming in. What's going on? And instead of getting defensive, be transparent about the vision, be transparent about what actions you're taking your business to move forward. Like you would at, at a job, you know what I'm saying? You don't run up on people in your job when they ask you about your finances and how things are going with your business. You share that and that's your teammate. And if they have an understanding then that might be more because there might be a burden there. Like I'm covering this. I'm happy to, but like, what's the plan here? So if you are struggling, consider like Ronnie was talking about earlier, Ronnie was talking about that transparency and that vulnerability around your business. Cause it can feel like our babies and we don't, we don't want to be, you know, sharing too much about it, but you have to, if that's your partner. Yeah. And I like what you just said about like being transparent. Cause I feel you can get really, really defensive and <laughs> don't tell what's going on and what's happening. You don't want to be judged when that can, that's that communication part, right. Of saying, okay, look, this is what's happening. This is what I'm trying to do. This is where I'm looking to go and, you know, see if you can get more support that way. And so now my question for you two is, um, how has it been in business working together? And have you always um, been in business together? And if not, what was that transition like? Nice. You want to go? <laughs> you go. Okay, so um, Lovey and I, always transparent, always will tell the truth, is very hard sometimes because um lovey is like let's do it let's get it done I, this is what i want blah 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 and kind of like imani was saying earlier like when her husband says something my I, I i always say i have a beautiful mind because my mind thinks of everything and it's always 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 okay well, did you think about this did you this blah 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 blah, blah duh, 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 duh. and that's very frustrating for him and his always got to let's, let's do it right right now. That's very frustrating for me. So we had to learn how to navigate that. Um, he is as far as like 
him wanting to do something, he knows I will always support him always because he always has my back for whatever it is that I want to do. He's like, okay, you want to do it? Okay, let's figure out a way to get it done. And I'm be honest with you, sometimes I have to keep what I want to do to myself because he holds me accountable to what I say I want, you know. So sometimes I just want to hear myself talk. I don't necessarily want to do it, apparently, but it's hard at times because if we're not um, if we're not synced or equally yoked, we can't just be spiritually yoked. We have to be equally yoked in business also, like-mindedness, because he's he could be up here and I'm way down here, and that's gonna cause uh, issues or uh, challenges. Funny thing is that when I met him, Levy, he's always had the entrepreneur um, mindset. We did Amway, we did, uh, what is that called? Cyber something, whatever. But he's always had something that we were always doing. So we've always been in business together. Sometimes I was there equally trudging along. Other times I felt like he was dragging me because he's not ever going to just let me stay behind. So it's like either I get on board and put a happy smile on or I, I'm going to be mad or whatever. I mean, whatever it is, I know that we're going to do it if he wants to do it. But if I, if I just, if I object to it and I'm real, you know, then he'll be like, okay, well, let me take a step back and let's, let's evaluate. Let's, cause we've had to have those come to Jesus type of me, type of talks too, where I'm like, I just don't want to do that. Or I'm just not comfortable with that. And we'll talk it through and we'll make the decision, you know, typically when in business, he, he has executive decision making power. Um, is that what you call it, Lovey? I'm gonna be the I'm gonna make the executive decision or something like that. Um, <laughs> I thought I'm being put on blast now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I'll concede typically. Go ahead, babe. No, I was just saying, in this she's right. Um, I've always had this entrepreneurial spirit or mindset, and she has been dragged um, through a variety of businesses. We're always, I was always looking for that thing that that made the most sense. Um, but I can honestly say that this is the first time, Mary and Crazy is the very first time where we've been equally yoked and synced because it wasn't something that we were searching for, it was something that we were called to. And mm -hmm. it's it's something that we both enjoy. But I've also learned through all these years that business does not happen at one speed. In my speed, that if there's a destination, and a journey that needs to be had, there, there's a reason why cars have gears. You know, if, if that was, if it wasn't the case, when we we're actually trying to go from point A to point B, then, you know, every vehicle would be, you know, okay, hey, there was no six speed, there's one speed, there's only one way to get there. But there's there's a need to downshift, there's a need to go slower, there's a need to actually go a little bit faster. Um, there's a need to slow down when you're turning a corner, when you're coming up to speed bumps, undulations, and she's been very adept at teaching me that there's times where I need to slow down. I can't get, I can't go 100 miles an hour to get to the destination, the vision, to fulfill the vision that I have for where we're going, helping X amount of couples, what we consider, you know, doing God's work. But I need to slow down. Maybe we, we only need to be in gear, even though, you know, the, the vision hasn't changed, but we don't need to be all out. And that's been the beautiful part because that also transitions to how we rear our children, 
because or the early days, let's just be honest, with our son, it was like, no, it's, it's one way, my way. Da, 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 da. This is, because I was modeling what was taught for us. And I think the business over time and us, our collaboration wasn't just confined to business. It's helped us, you know, raise our, our, our two, you know, seven daughters you know, better. It's helped us actually navigate relationships with our siblings, our, our parents, our neighbors mm-hmm. better. So I do believe that us collaborating and being in business together has helped us be better people because there's less that are involved throughout that entire process. I can't hear you, Kamisha. Either. I muted myself. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So um, I was saying I love that. And especially that, you know, it helped to evolve other relationships outside of just you two. Um, when you think about that, you think about, okay, like we're working together and because we have to collaborate and, you know, when you're collaborating and you're with your spouse, especially with business, I feel, feel like um, it's always like a push or pull, but when you start to get the the groove of it and everyone knows, you know, what they're good at and then you can concede to, okay, yeah, that's that's your jam over there. That's not mine. But and and be okay and not try one person try to like take over the whole thing, you know. Um, it helped to improve other relationships. Um I think that was a word for some peoples out there that Look, you can do it together because I feel like some couples are scared to go into business together. And I think mm-hmm. that's rooted from s- somewhere else, because if you're scared to go into business together, that means there's something else happening in that relationship as well um, mm-hmm. that needs to be communicated and worked out. Um, so usually at this point, I do a tool and a tip. It's a segment of the show. But I'm not going to give a tool today because I think that um, they were given a lot of tools for communication, um, things that they can that are applicable, that they can apply to um, their relationships. And that's what I want everyone to work on. I want everyone to take a tool from the um, this episode and I want you to apply it to your relationship. I don't want you to just sit here and listen to us talk. I want you to actually take some action. So instead of giving you a tool, I'm going to give you that tip to take some action. Um, think of something that's going to be easy for you to ease into something with the least resistance, something that you heard and you were like, I can do that. And I want you to do it. I don't want you to just say you could do it. I don't want you to just think about it. I want you to actually do it and see what comes of it and see if you get a positive reaction, right? Positive reaction and also see how it makes you feel because that's important. Um, and now it is time where the experts on, on the show give their tip, final tip of the day, what you think they absolutely need to hear right now. We're gonna start with Imani. Man, I, I, <laughs> I feel like everything we've said lends itself to that. You know, I feel like this is a passionate panel given a lot of nuggets from our own experiences and from our our work i feel like the 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 biggest thing that i'll say is that just because you whoever said this did you know better you do better isn't <laughs> going to necessarily be the case like you were saying earlier on we know a lot of things um and sometimes you need to stop asking yourself, and that this is just being real, 
how am I going to fix this? How am I going to fix this? And I'm going to get another book and I'm going to go to another workshop. I'm here for books and workshops. I'm sure we have, we all have them. Um, but you have to be honest about where you are in your relationship. And sometimes it's not a how by itself while you DIY. It's a who to help you get to the how. And there's yeah. such a stigma sometimes around finding the who. I have many who's in my life that have helped me get where I am. And, and so um, don't shirk and don't resist finding the who because sometimes there's such a relief and a freedom in getting that support and getting that guidance that I've felt myself. Um, and that can be your intentional action, <laughs> finding your who, you know? Rana? That's true. I like what you just said. Um especially about being, it's like the stigma surrounding getting help or, or, or saying, hey, I can't do this by myself. Um, we all have to take that step because no one is just born and you just know everything. You know, we're not all just, I don't know, we don't just come out knowing it all. Um, and in order for us to learn, someone has to teach us and it requires another person. We don't just develop it by osmosis, you know. Don't be afraid to say, I need help. Um, mm -hmm. I, I can't do this by myself. That doesn't mean that you're an idiot or that you're dumb or anything like that. That means that you're very courageous and you're very strong because you, you were able to step outside of yourself and do what maybe someone in your community or in your family has never ever done and get some additional help you know we always i say we um my family i'll just you know be very transparent it's like there's the thing about telling someone telling your business to other people you know oh you gonna tell people that or when we started our podcast everyone was like oh i didn't know y'all was gonna go into everything and you're gonna but that's that's how that's how that's how things stay the way that they are because we we're so scared of what someone is going to think of us. No, I, I want people to know. Well, I don't want them. I don't care what they think of me. What I want them to know about me is that I have a phenomenal marriage and I didn't get this by myself. You know what I'm saying? So don't be afraid to reach out to someone and say, Hey, I need some assistance right here. I can't do this by myself. Um, I think that's the biggest thing because you have to take that first step. I love that. Ernie. That's good stuff. I'm taking notes. Like, ooh, I'm, I'm going to tell her she said that. Um, <laughs> you know, one of the things that I think that the tool, the tool is generally especially canned, but the simplest advice is generally the, the, not the easiest to implement, but probably the truest for us. Um, I always go back to biology. We've got two ears, one mouth. Some of the greatest challenges that occur within these in relationships, whether you're married or not, is that we all have a, a necessary need to feel heard. And our, our challenges come from, and the emotions come from, when we feel as if we're not being heard. Well, every one of us has two ears, one mouth. And sometimes we're the, we're the obstacle to us being heard because 
we're trying to talk more than listening to where our, our spouse, our counterparts coming from. If we could just speak or speak to clarify, make sure we understand the other person's perspective, where they're coming from, before we push so hard to be heard, to say our piece. Sometimes I truly believe that if you listen to what the other person is saying, it's gonna give you a clue as to what you should say, because maybe what you need, what you want to say isn't necessarily what needs to be said. So you can open the door so that you can be heard and understood in a better situation. So honestly, it seems counterintuitive, but listen more than we speak. If you can do that, I truly believe that it's going to pay dividends in your marriage, in your relationship with the children, in all relationships, all aspects. So that's what I was listen more than you speak. And you'll find that when you speak, it'll carry much more weight. I love that. You guys have some amazing tips that you just gave. And I didn't comment in between because I need them to hear you and to make sure they hear what you're saying. (laughs) So um, the last thing that I would like you guys to do is starting with Imani, tell people where they can find you because that's important. They need to be able to find you. Yes. Um, I just want to say, because I don't know if we get a chance to say this, you guys are amazing. I, I love this chat. I love being able to hear you both. And I love that we're all doing the work we do. It takes many of us to really change the narrative around marriage, uh, around failure in marriage, because you're having a rough season and change it to one where there's opportunity for freedom and growth. So I love that. You guys are great. Um, But you can find me. I am most active on social media on Instagram. So at Imani Aisha on Instagram. Pretty simple. And, um, you know, that's the best place where I'm, you know, all in the mix. And I have my digital home at ImaniAisha.com. So that is my website, my digital home. But you really want to rap with me. You want to, you know, have some real talk, R-E-E-L, because I have my fun and build my nuggets too on there. You can follow me on Instagram. Thank you. Rana? Um, so love usually takes this part, but um, so you can find us at marriedintocrazy.com. That's our website. We also have a podcast. And it's the married into crazy is married into crazy. I always say the married into crazy show. I get it wrong, but we're um, on Apple, well, iTunes, Spotify, all the major uh, platforms where podcasts are. And um, I know that we have Instagram. I'm not real good at the social media part. That's all lovey. So go ahead and jump in, babe. Um. <laughs> oh. Everything we do is at Married Into Crazy. So uh, on, on IG, it's going to be at Married Into Crazy on Instagram. But we also invite you to We have an open platform on Facebook as well. It's called the Iron Tribe, the marriage community, where we invite individuals just to come and just talk. You know, just we have premarital people there. We have people that are married. We have people that are divorced. But it's about really just furthering the conversation around getting better, having better relationships. But you can always find us anything at Married Into Crazy. All right. So there you heard it where you can find them. There'll also be links in the description for those of us or those of you who 
don't want to type stuff in and you just want to click the link, it'll be down there in the description <laughs> and you can click the link and find them out on these internet streets. And before we go, yeah. I want to thank you all for showing up again and giving some amazing diamonds nuggets. This was phenomenal. I was even taking some notes too, because I was like, we can always all get better. <laughs> so I took, I took some notes as well. So thank you all again for showing and giving the audience some real thought, like some real thoughts, things to think about and applicable things that they can go out and do right away. Um, they can do it today. You guys can do it today. Remember, I just said that. No. <laughs> but thank you again for showing. Now, to everyone who's been listening, you've been listening to Unapologetically Mommyhood, where we talked a little bit of, no, we talked a lot of bit of life and, <laughs> and a little bit of business. And we've been totally unapologetic about it. You heard that conversation. There was no apologies in that conversation. They let it all hang, it out, hang out for you so that you can go and have better relationships, um, improve your marriage, and live life happily because you can do that. <laughs> so thank you again for tuning in. And I'd love to have you back next week. Thank you. Bye-bye.